Well, I'm not an expert. I'm not an authority. I'm someone who has been a murderer for almost 20 years. Maybe I should have killed four or 500 people, then I would have felt better. People say Ted Bundy didn't show any emotion. There must be something in that. I showed emotion. You know what people said? See, you really can't get violent and angry. Welcome to The Squonk and the Hag, a podcast about murder, mystery, the supernatural, and even a conspiracy or two. Dun, dun, dun. My name is Mo. And I'm Kraken. Welcome on in, everybody, to another episode of The Squonk and the Hag. And with me, as always, is... Cracko! Yay! And it's a Cracko tale! The shenanigans have returned. Yeah, all the shenanigans. Um... Before we kind of dig into the episode itself, uh, we did have one announcement. So in December, we were recording every, we're not recording, we were releasing every other week uh, due to schedules and time. And it looks like for the next few months or unforeseeable future, however you want to put that, um, with both of our schedules it's actually going to work out better for us to release bi-weekly for a bit more so uh we will keep you in the loop if it changes but for now we're going to be releasing every other week we're still going to be switching back and forth our stories still doing the same content it's just this will give us a little bit of extra wiggle room with um you know activities and stuff in our lives as well as more time for us to research so that we can get really good quality stories out for you guys so that is just a quick little heads up uh, that for a little while here we are going to be releasing every other week but we will be posting uh, every time new episodes come out it'll be on the discord uh, social media etc but that is the plan for now yeah, and this gives us more time to find weirder and weirder stories, so it's it's, it's all going to go downhill from here. Uh, I can't wait for my next one. Oh boy, I'm excited and also terrified. I will say, something we don't cover very often, it's another Canadian serial killer. Interesting. Yeah. Didn't we look up the list of Canadian serial killers and it was like really short? It is. It's a lot. It's it's not nearly like the U.S. That's fair. Especially like the U.S. in the '70s was like serial killer playground, which is really scary. Yeah, it's kind of horrifying. There's like a whole period where it was just like everyone thought it was a good idea to just go around and just murder people. Mhm, 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 mhm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a conspiracy theory by itself. What what made what made this specific timeline? Why were there more murders and serial killers in this timeline than now or before? I do have the answer to nowadays. I don't know about why not before. I was going to say there's probably a logical explanation that I that there's probably a really easy answer for that. Well, I like back in the 70s, hitchhiking was huge. Um, also, people didn't lock their doors all the time. You know, it was a lot easier to get into someone's home. It was a lot easier to um, procure weapons. You know, nowadays it's there. They put a lot of laws into place that make it harder, not impossible, but harder for these types of people. Also, uh, mental health 
is much better understood. So when you have someone who is showing signs of antisocial um, disorders or anything like that, uh, some of them are caught earlier and put into some sort of mental health program before they get to the point that they murder lots of people. Yeah, and it's not just, uh, you got ghosts in your blood, you should do cocaine about it. Yeah, yeah, that was a hell of a time. Yeah. Yeah. Then they took the cocaine out of coke, and then, you know, just things just kind of... And just kind of went downhill from there. Ah, yes. The sad day they took the cocaine out of our everyday beverage. You know, if, if, I, if I'm if i given enough time, I'm going to go with a conspiracy. I'm going to make my own conspiracy theory about that. I'm going to, like, just look up dates, like, from when they changed the coke recipe. And I'm going to find, like, some weird stuff that happened in that timeline. And I'm going to connect Can't wait. things that aren't even related. So excited. Mm-hmm. So anyway, on to uh, anything else. How was your holiday? <laughs> it's pretty good. Got a, got a lot of new things to organize my desk and a, uh, a long-limbed frog plushie, so... Oh, man, that frog plushie is amazing. Mm-hmm. He's got little magnets in his hands. Oh, I love it. Uh, my parents got us a cat tree. As well as... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to put it together, though. So right now it's just a giant box in our living room. But, you know. But it wasn't a Christmas present. Um, I did buy new headphones. So one of the things uh, I've been able to edit a lot of it out, but when I would use Bluetooth headphones, I would get this weird reverb of you on my audio track. And I'm not sure how that happens because it was Bluetooth headphones and I have a plugged in microphone that has nothing to do with Bluetooth. And it can't hear the headphones. So I was like confused, but whatever. But Reaper would have this like feedback. So it's like you would say something and then like just a fraction of a second later, it would show up on my track and it was a bitch to edit out. So I got a new pair of wired headphones in lovely rose gold, as most things I have must be pink. Um, so hopefully that'll that'll help that if nothing else they they're really comfy and they sound good and they were cheap so this question is going to sound completely unrelated but i promise it'll make sense in a minute um you've seen the movie trolls right i have not well there there's one there's one troll in the movie that his voice is naturally auto-tuned mm-hmm. um that's just one of the frogs he just has natural reverb so it's not your headset it's just the frog that was talking <laughs> that day. okay okay makes sense it, it, it all makes sense now. That's mm-hmm. there we go. Uh, but yeah, so I'm hoping because if anybody had men- noticed any artifact in any of the recent episodes, that is the reason why is because I was down to just Bluetooth headphones. So um, hopefully this solves it. Hopefully so. And on that note, I think we're ready to get into our story because this is a beefy one. Yeah, this one, uh, so a lot of the intro will be uh, from Ranger's perspective, so if I say I, I'm actually talking about Ranger, because Ranger's the one who wrote this one up, so we have a lot of lore, remedies, just random things that related to uh, the Appalachian area. We know all the fun stuff happens around that area, so this will be interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, is this like the Appalachian Mountains? Or the Appalachian Trail, or a specific area. 
from what I gather, it's the entire Appalachian region. Okay, okay. Because, yeah, the Appalachian Trail is ginormous. Yeah, it's like, I, I had to look it up because I was like, how large is this region exactly? So technically it starts just above where I am. Okay. And it goes like all the way up, like to the Virginia, North Carolina border. Okay, so for anyone who is unaware, Kraken is in South Carolina. Yeah, so it basically stretches along the, yeah, the upper part of Carolina, the Carolinas into the edge of Tennessee, again, edge of Tennessee, North Carolina, and then North Carolina, Virginia. So it like wraps around that whole thing. Basically, the Appalachian Mountains are separating me from the rest of the population. <laughs> it's there for your safety. Well, we need them to stay where they are then. Yeah, we, we definitely need to keep those mountains in place then. Appalachian Mountains were constructed as a containment field. <laughs> I mean, stranger things have happened. This is true. This is true. Okay, getting into it here, because we have we had a lot to unpack here, and I have a feeling tangents are gonna start, so Yeah, looking at the document, this is it's a it's a lot. It's a lot, it's a lot. So I will try very, very hard. <laughs> To behave myself and not come in with... If what? If there's tangents, that just means we get to do this again for like a part two. So it's, it's fine. This is true. Okay. Tangents away! It's no secret that the mountains, rivers, and hollows of Appalachia are some of the most beautiful places on the planet. It's also been a place of change, progress, oppression, death, and bloodshed over its storied history. No wonder then you might say that haints, wood boogers, and all manner of strange and wondrous tales come from the Appalachian region. And I readily agree. Here on this episode, we won't be going into the full breadth and width of Appalachian folklore. That would take more than a few hundred episodes on its own. But today and tonight, we'll be talking, uh, taking a small selection from the smorgasbord that is Appalachian folklore and history. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. One word. <laughs> wood boogers. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> well, it's because you know I'm a child. Mm -hmm. oh, wood boogers. Because you are a, you are a child and, and you will laugh at this as I do every time I see it. There is a haunted trail somewhere in South Carolina. I remember seeing the signs. I don't remember exactly where it's at. And this might be either a blog post or an episode. I'll have to look into it But because uh, I think it's a local legend thing. But uh, they have a haunted trail called Booger Jim's Hollow. <laughs> Booger Jim. Oh my god! And apparently, like, from what I remember when I looked it up, that is a South Carolina legend, if I'm not mistaken, the legend of Booger Jim. Did he have sinus issues? Maybe. I, I, I don't, really don't remember. That, that's something I gotta look into now. Write that down. Booger Jim. We're just Spongebob and Patrick recording this. Just write that down. Write that down. <laughs> well, like, I just... So, like, obviously, most nicknames you don't come up with yourself. Mm -hmm. So I just, I I don't know how I would feel if someone was just like, yeah, you're Booger Jim now. That's fair. Yeah. Booger Cracko. I'm going to let the intrusive thoughts win and, and say something that you're going to absolutely hate. And probably everyone else will too. <laughs> It'd be like me going, hey, Mo, your new nickname is Booger Mo. You say that I'm going to absolutely hate this. And that's nothing new, Cracko. Okay, fair. There are so many things you say that I just kind of want to smack you for. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's been, I've said worse than that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Although I've said some horrible things about you too. <laughs> this is true. I, I, I do think down in the history books, the worst one is what I told someone while you were in the conversation that you are like herpes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> once, you, once you grab hold, you never get rid of. Exactly. <laughs> You're still friends with me. Either that or I'm, I'm like a cursed book. No matter how much you throw me away or try to throw me down a well or in the ocean, I'm always going to come back. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. But we wouldn't want you to not be here. Yeah, because then who would inform you about escalator triangles? Exactly. And the mountains that are shaped like chairs. And that my consequences have actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. And who would keep Advil going? <laughs> you single-handedly keep Advil in business. I need to buy stock in Advil. <laughs> I need to buy stock in pain relievers. It's like, uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, this is a very interesting transaction. It's like, trust me, we're recording tomorrow. Like that just raises even more questions. We who and what are you recording? Don't worry about it. I mean, it just keeps getting worse and worse. The more we just try to brush it off. <laughs> it's it's like when I like uh, the whole thing of like, you know, when you go to the store to buy stuff to cover up your murder make sure you buy stuff that's not conspicuous and then i somehow always make it worse don't forget the bleach i ate all at the same store <sighs> don't forget the bleach and maybe get some rope yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not suspicious anyway anyway yes booger jim yes no wood boogers so first we need to do a little bit of background it's no secret that i ranger have a huge love for Appalachians. Feels like home to me, the foggy hollers, the mist-covered creeks, and the people all keep drawing me back. So it would be a, it would be remiss as a researcher and as a descendant of the Appalachian people if I did not tell you a bit about Appalachia. So we were talking about how big the region is. This will explain a little better than what I did. Okay. For starters, Appalachia is a region stretching from parts of Canadian land and Maine into Georgia and northern Alabama and Mississippi. Yes, I did a little rhyme to remember how to spell Mississippi. I didn't realize. That's huge. Yeah, that's that's larger than what I was thinking. So, like, yeah, if it goes down into Georgia and northern Alabama and Mississippi, then, yeah, that basically cuts off South Carolina and that whole side from the rest of the country. And I think I think that's why that's there. Yeah, we, we want to keep you out of our uh, our society. It's a large, ancient barrier to keep out an equally ancient evil. But with the the mountains being a containment field now, I was just like, I need a photo of the long-limbed frog plushie just kind of like half hanging over the top of the mountains. Just like, let me out. Uh, I believe you have Photoshop, Kraken. This is true. I'll have to work on this. Mm-hmm. There's no one to blame but you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how it always is. Mm-hmm. 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 So historically, it is a rich area, indigenous peoples from the Cherokee, Muscogee, Creek, Choctaw, Shawnee, and Yuchi tribes to the south to the mighty Algonquian. I'm going to mispronounce a lot of these, and I apologize. And Iroquois nations? Is, it, is that Iroquois? 
Iroquois? I feel like that that actually sounds more like it than whatever I just said. I I've heard of an Iroquois, but I don't know if that's this. I don't know how to spell it. I just know I've heard it. Well, with that spelling, hearing you say that, yeah, the S is probably silent. We're going to go with Iroquois because that sounds more accurate. I really need Ranger to do more stories like this because he always finds the words that you struggle with the most. I think he does that because he knows I will struggle with them. Yeah, that's why we need him to do more stories like this. Fair enough. Like specifically, specifically Native American lore from like very little known tribes Boy, with crazy names that have extra letters in them. When I did the story on, um, I don't, I've already forgotten the name of it, the, the water cat. Oh, the Mishipashu. Yeah. When I did that one, there were so many names in there that I was just butchering and I was like, I have no clue how to pronounce half of this. Yep. That, 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 that's you. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not, it, it was that one had some of it. And then the, um, the Australian one that I did, that one, both of those were like, there's names in here that I have no clue how to, how to even begin to pronounce. I mean, for anyone who listens to this regularly, we're surprised you can say your own name. How do you know that I've even been saying it right? I could just be saying it how I think it's pronounced and like that might not even be my name. Well, let's just go with the Kraken part. Mm. We'll go with your handle. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, That I have heard in other situations, and it is pronounced Kraken. I mean, text-to-speech pronounces it as Kraken, so, like, have you heard the correct... What happened to my words? This is the episode now. Thanks for listening. (laughs) It's just going to be an hour of you going... That's usually how it goes, yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that sentence and continue on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will not be explaining further. <laughs> so, all these indigenous tribes that call the Appalachian region home, they are the first, they are still here, and are not forgotten. So many stories and life ways come from these people, it would take volumes to tell them all. These things are not mine to tell, and I leave it to those who are of those nations to tell their stories, history, and life ways. The Appalachian region is also rich in resources, and that's where we're going to start. The main exports of the Appalachians in the early 20th century was timber and coal. There is a deep and bloody bond with this region, and coal specifically. In fact, the term redneck comes from when miners put red bandanas around their necks to signify they supported unionization in the coal industry. That I did not know. Really? Yeah, I never heard that before. Now, I do know... Um, that their mining coal is incredibly dangerous. So I do know, like, when he says the bloody bond, um, I know about that. And I know uh, there is a town, I don't want to say near me, it's in Pennsylvania. It's maybe an hour and a half, two hours away, maybe a little more. Um, Because I don't know if you know this, Pennsylvania is a huge state. Uh, but it's called Centralia. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, um, but... That name doesn't sound familiar, but it sounds like something out of a sci-fi novel, but go ahead. Well, they... It was a mining town, and the mines caught fire. That's why it sounds familiar. And they are still burning to this... Yeah, it's still burning to this day. And 
Most of the town has been abandoned and evacuated, but there are some people who refuse to leave their homes. So it is a smoldering wasteland. And I guess they don't really know how to stop it. I don't really think you can unless you, like, if the mine is, like, so big that you would need hundreds of thousands of gallons of water, I would say, you know, the only way I would think you could stop it was just flood the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. And like I said, it's been burning for years and years. I know when I was a kid, we would always go to an amusement park up that way and we would have to drive through Centralia. And it mm. it was always creepy and like it's it was weird because I actually got to see it like it was it was it was burning and all that stuff, but there were still mm. people living there when I was a kid. And then year after year, there were less people and less people and more smoke and more, you know, ash and all that stuff. And like now uh, you have to like, I think they closed down a lot of the roads through it. So you have to go around it. But like, it's, it's nasty. It is just. You can't go through it and you have to go around it. That begs the question. How do those people get their mail? I don't know. But it's just, like, ash and smoke everywhere. Yeah, with you and the whole asthma thing, and then me with the whole allergies thing. It's best we just stay far away from that area. Yeah. 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 But speaking of, like, I know this is this is still part of the tangent, but uh, I'm always fascinated by, like, ghost towns and stuff. It's just, like, when you can see the buildings that were there and, like, how busy the town mm -hmm. used to be by what's still left. Yeah. And it's just empty. Yeah. I agree, I agree. Because that makes me think of stories that I've read where people have passed through towns that they found something interesting. They were like, I'm, I don't have time to stop and look around this town, but I'll remember the name and I'll come back some other time and just explore the town. And then they come back and the town is not there. Whoa. And it's like, wait a minute. See, I go to a very different place when I think of ghost towns. I think about the Muppet movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's where they, they it's where they find mm -hmm. Beaker in the dock. And then Animal eats the 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 pill and gets huge and scares away the frog hunter. So ghost towns are just where the mad scientists live. Got it. Mm-hmm. I mean it's the perfect cover. No one else lives there, no one else is going in there, so I mean Well yeah, it keeps gives you a safe contained environment to experiment mm -hmm. we should buy a ghost town can you imagine what kind of crazy place that would be if you and i had our own town <laughs> half of it would be pink and the other half would be like the town in pennsylvania that's on fire well fire spreads so probably the pink stuff would end up on fire too yeah probably i have a feeling you would have like flame retardant pink paint or something maybe but i do like s'mores fair anyway Back to the coal industry. <laughs> so in response to uh, these, quote, rednecks with the bandanas supporting unionization in the coal industry, in response, the coal companies started a smear campaign painting these people as backwards, barbaric, and uneducated. This wasn't the first time that this had been done to the people of Appalachia, and it was a continued assault to the people who lived and died in the mines, logging camps, and company towns to keep them under the thumb of industry. The working conditions for miners were particularly barbaric. Cave-ins, explosions, and other accidents were common in the mines, 
and this next part sounds like a very interesting video game. The mine wars, or the coal wars as they came to be known, were where the coal miners put on a strike after strike and the unions fought for workers' rights, and all of that came to a volcanic head at the Battle of Blair Mountain. Yeah, that's a sentence to unpack right there. <laughs> mine wars just sounds like bootleg Minecraft, but they stuck to the mines, and it's just, just dwarf. I just finished watching Rings of Power. I know I'm behind. Um, but it was, it was, it was really, like, I thought it was good. It wasn't. Like, it was a little slow-paced. It it had its issues and things like that, but it was good. Um, but it was beautiful. I got so inspired for D&D stuff by the visuals of the show. Okay. But they did... Um, they, they went into one of the dwarven um, cities underground and the mines and all Ooh. that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it was it was really cool. But like this, I don't know why, because I know this was <laughs> Americans back in the day mining for coal. But I'm like seeing mm -hmm. these dwarves trying to find mithril. So the Battle of Blair Mountain, the Battle of Blair Mountain was the largest labor uprising in United States history and is the largest armed uprising since the American Civil War. Holy crap. And this is something that I'm just now hearing about, so that shows what I know. I, I've never heard of it. So this conflict occurred in Logan County, West Virginia, and apparently up to 100 people were killed, and many more were arrested. I feel like a horrible human being, because you just mentioned over 100 people were killed, people were arrested, it was awful, but as soon as you said West Virginia... Country roads. Yeah, it just started playing mm -hmm. in my head started playing in my head and actually lana del rey just recently did a cover of it Ooh! and like i love her voice i, I absolutely yeah. love it although i always laugh because there's that meme where it's a, a rose with a cigarette in it and like the, what is this why is this a picture of what lana del rey sounds like but like that. i love her voice i love her voice and you know hearing her sing that song i, I just think it was so beautiful plus i love the original mm-hmm but yeah. I'll have to listen to that. I didn't know about that version. I'll have to listen to that later. Yeah, sure, Spotify. So, now that the country roads have taken us to a battle in West Virginia, it took many years, but eventually the miners won and gained better working conditions. Oh, good. Focusing on the people of the region and going back to how the wider world perceived and continues to perceive the people of Appalachia, it is a long-held stigma that the people there are backwards, highly uneducated, and then in brackets here, we have Dolly Parton, John Nash, Bill Bass III, and so many others would beg to differ on that one. And hostile to outsiders. The people of Appalachia have been the topic of lots of books, most notably the Foxfire series. And the people of Appalachia have been under the watchful eye of more than a few anthropologists and folklorists over the years. I love Dolly Parton so much. Like, everything about mm -hmm. her from... Like, obviously, her music is amazing, but then her philanthropy and the fact that she just doesn't give a shit. That and she seems like the nicest person ever on top of all of that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know this. Uh, do you know why she wears wigs? No. She always wears wigs and, you know, extreme makeup and crazy clothes and stuff like that on stage so that she can go out in public 
without being easily recognized. So her and her husband, like nobody, like nobody knows much about her husband because they keep a very private life. So she goes on stage with the big blonde wig and the, you know, the sequins and the... the... You just broke my brain for a minute because like not once in my entire life have I ever thought, huh, I wonder what Dolly Parton's husband looks like. That's not something I even (laughs) thought about looking up. (laughs) Yeah, but like that way they can lead a normal life. Yeah. Because, like, they, they're they just regular people going out and about. And then when she's on stage, then she is, you know, what we picture Dolly Parton as. I also thought it was interesting that for the longest time, I did not know that, to like, like you said, with all the makeup and everything, to make her hands look smoother and everything, I didn't know she wore flesh-toned colored gloves. I didn't know that either. Yeah, because I remember seeing a photo of her and I was like, what? And, and it was a obvious thing that you could see in the photo so there were like a few comments pointing it out I was like why, why do her hands look like like a porcelain doll's hands like it looks a little too perfect and I was like oh she wears gloves to you know hide any imperfections on her backs of her hands or whatever huh crazy I don't know if something she does all the time or for certain occasions but I remember seeing something that was like she wears like yeah tight flesh colored gloves so that way it like matches her skin tone so it's wow huh yeah, no, she just seems like the sweetest person in the world, and she, like, she's just real, you know what I mean? Like, she, mm-hmm. she doesn't care what people think, she's gonna do what she wants to do, she's gonna do it how she wants to do it, and then she's also, like, she has a, a charity for reading for kids, where they um, distribute books and stuff like that, and it's just, like... yeah. She's just so nice. Seems like the kind of person that if you ran into her at her theme park, she's going to push her bodyguards out of the way to talk to you. I just want to hug her. So, back to Appalachia. Some of the earliest held to this notion that these people were primitive and backwards, but that has lessened over the years as more people have come to realize the falsehoods held within this notion. However, it is here in the folkways of Appalachia that we start our journey. So pull up a rocking chair, breathe in the mountain air, and try not to let the mosquitoes drive you absolutely batty. It's going to be a good time. But I don't know if you either, I don't know if I sent it to you or if you've seen it, but there was a video on um, the Appalachian dialect and where they interviewed some people who live in like the rural parts of Appalachia. And they talked to them about the different words they have for things and how it's almost its own language. I don't think you sent that to me. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Um... I thought we were friends. My bad. I send you so many memes and dumb videos, it's hard to keep track of which ones I've sent you. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but every time I think of Appalachia, I think back to that video. And there's this nice old man on there. And they were like, what would you call something that's like a little crooked or kind of, you know, like a winding road? What would you call that other than saying using the word winding? Their word is Saigoglin. What? That's that's their word for crooked or a little lopsided. Like if something's not completely straight, it's Saigoglin. Hmm. Well, I know, um, like I live in the Pennsylvania Dutch area of Pen- Pens- Pennsylvania. Hence Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and like there, there, I have used words that people were like, the hell? And I'm like, what do you mean? 
Like, um, Snibbles. Do you know what Snibbles are? No. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, well, my mom still yells at me for it, but like when you're like cutting something like paper or whatever, and you have those tiny little off cuts, like little corners or whatever, those are Snibbles. Mm-hmm. It's 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 trash, but it's like little pe- little tiny pieces of trash that you need to throw away. And I did not know that that was a regional thing. <laughs> I don't think it's a regional thing for me as much as it is just a me thing. But that's that's like me with the whole adjacent adjacent thing. Is it words just come out, and however they come out is how I say it. Yeah, but I don't know if that's really a dialect thing or just a crackhead thing. Exactly. I don't yeah. know either. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows, but we just kind of go with it. Nobody knows anything about you. There is no history of the Krakow. You just appeared one day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I appeared, and then not long after that, the Appalachian Mountains were formed. <laughs> Nature was just like, no, no, you stay over there. <laughs> we cannot have you integrate with society. Whoever else lives on that side of the mountains, I feel sorry for them, but but no, you stay over there. (laughs) All right. So, folk remedies and folkways. And there are many to choose from. There's planting by the signs of the zodiac, which almanacs still hold to, uh, how to get rid of warts, how to ward off haints, how to properly prepare for a wake, and many, many more. So... Ranger chose two common injuries or illnesses that their remedies talk about here, burns and the common cold. The first home remedy is for burns. This isn't a comprehensive list, but just the ones that Ranger found to put in here. The first one is boil chestnut leaves and place the resulting ooze on the burned area. Suppose that's good for a burn. Ew. Bind castor oil and egg whites around the wound with a clean cloth. Less ew. Scrape the inside of a white potato, take the scrapings and apply them to the burned area, leave them until the potato is black and the burned area is white. Then add a salve made from talcum powder and Vaseline. I feel like that's kind of a waste of a good potato, though. True. Or, if a person has never seen their father, they can draw out the burn by blowing on it. What? But... That one I've never... I actually haven't heard of either of the... any of these, but... I've I've never heard of any of these either, but what... What does seeing their father have to do with blowing out a burn? Wait, I... uh, What? Yeah, I wondered the same thing, but then again, I have also heard of a lot of different remedies and and stuff like that that have weird... Yeah, yeah. Requirements, I guess, like that. It just kind of doesn't make sense, but it's like okay. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not to not to discount uh, Ranger um, and all of his wonderful re- research, but I'm gonna stick to my CVS burn gel. I mean, to be honest, if I had the stuff to try some of these, if I and I remembered to, because I don't. I, I don't typically walk around touching hot burners and stoves and stuff, so I don't get burns that often. But next time Bobo touches a hot burner, I'll I'll try one of these if I have the stuff. Bobo's the remedy guinea pig. Makes sense. I would be too, but I am going to stick to my burn gel. 
it has lidocaine in it, so it like numbs it. I think that might be a little better, uh, especially better than this last one that I will save Bobo the torment and not do this one to her because I don't think it would go well. Yeah. Take table salt, dissolve it in water, and wrap the burned area with gauze to keep it constantly warm and moist with the salt water. I, mm, that sounds painful. Yeah. Like I know, see, I don't know if I've ever gotten salt on a burn. But I know salt on, like, an open wound yeah. is real bad. I guess it wouldn't be, like, Ranger's note here is the, the salt one sounds painful if you have a third-degree burn. Like, if the burn is bad enough, then it probably would hurt. But if it's just, like, yeah. a light burn, then it maybe wouldn't. Yeah, just topical. Hmm. Interesting. So, on those are the remedies for burns. Now we're on to the ones for a, a common cold. Uh, these I'm going to pay attention to because I get sick a lot. You can make tea from the leaves of a boneset? Boneset? Plant? I've never heard of that plant. I don't even know what kind of plant that is. It's apparently common, but I've never heard of it. Mm. You drink the tea when it's cooled. It will apparently it will make you sick if you drink it while it's hot. Well, you're already sick. I guess it'll make it worse. But this leaf can also be dried to be used in the colder months. So you can just kind of like dry the leaves and just like save it for when you want to make tea, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, another tea that you can make is ginger tea. Make a tea from powdered ginger or ground up ginger roots. Do not boil the tea, but add it to a cup of hot water and drink it. You can add honey or whiskey for taste. Uh, I will say that the healing powers of ginger are actually mm -hmm. proven and everything I know. Um, I've never drank ginger tea for a cold, but it's really good for a tummy ache. This is good to know. Yeah. So we have, like, I always have a box of, I don't like just pure ginger tea. So I do like lemon ginger or orange ginger. Um, mm -hmm. But like, yeah. So we always have a box downstairs for my tummy. Yeah. And then I also have um, throat coat tea mm -hmm. for when I get like a really bad sore throat or cough or something like that. I don't know what's in that though. Fair enough. I actually have these uh, cough drops that have like honey, real honey in them. And it's like mm. peppermint, honey, and menthol. Mm -hmm. Those are really good for congestion. Yeah, I always put honey in my tea. So like my, so I would like if I had a tummy ache, I would make uh, lemon ginger tea with honey. Um, but honey is also, sounds good. uh, it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I also like adding honey when I have a cold. I, uh, I add honey to my tea all the time though. Just cause add, it's nice. Uh, like instead of putting sugar in it. I have some local, uh, elderberry honey that I like to use. Ooh. Don't know what they're eating. That reminds me of the story about the beekeeper whose honey was coming out and, a bunch of bright colors and he couldn't figure out why it turns out the bees were uh, going off to the uh, local M&M factory and grabbing the, the <laughs> leftover sugar and the colored stuff from the M&M factory and making honey with it. That's amazing. The other thing you can do, uh, you can put, don't ask me what this is, I don't know. You can put goose grease salve on your chest. I'm pretty sure that's goose fat turned into salve. Fair enough. Because they would have eaten goose. So, yeah, just... You have a point. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I'll take Vicks Vapor Rub over that. Thanks. Oh, but you might want to try this next one. Oh, no. Or Ranger's Favorite, which is after the next okay. one. Okay. 
take a three pound can of pine twigs and rabbit tobacco and boil it. Strain it and only drink some every three hours. Do not drink more than one full glass within a 24 hour period. Okay, I have a lot of questions. First, what is rabbit tobacco? <laughs> the variant of wild tobacco. Okay, I thought it was tobacco for rabbits. And I was confused. It's what the rabbits smoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, don't drink more than one full glass in a 24-hour period. That sounds like poison. And if you want more insight of why I am the way I am, let me share with you in, uh, on the topic of the rabbit tobacco. Let, let me share with you a, a family story from my grandma. Oh, okay. When when she was younger, they they found her and I can't remember it was someone else that she was with. I think one of her her siblings found a field that had some rabbit tobacco in it. Now this you could just literally pick it off and like find something to roll it up with, and you could just smoke it right off of the 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 stalk or whatever it grows off of anyway. Oh, like you don't have to dry it or anything. Yeah, you don't have to do anything to it. They they snuck off to go smoke some rabbit tobacco. But they made a mistake, and they burnt the field down. <gasps> okay, first question, was everyone okay? <laughs> everyone was okay. Okay. There was no houses or anything involved, it was just a field. But they knew they were going to get in trouble, so they kept that a secret as to how that field burnt down for years. Oh my god. <laughs> so for the longest time, no one knew how this field caught fire. <laughs> I feel like... Our grandparents' generation has the best stories like that. They're just built different. Uh, yeah, things were just so different back then. Yeah. Nowadays, that's an arson charge. Yeah. Nowadays, there would have been a security camera. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like the whole three-pound can of pine twigs and rabbit, rabbit tobacco juice... Rabbit? What, what was that? I, I honestly... I don't ask with you anymore. Was it a slip of the tongue, or did you actually think that's how it's pronounced? Who knows? Fair. Sometimes I don't ask with myself. No one ever knows. No one no one ever knows. Not even me. So if the pine and tobacco juice is not for you, maybe you want to just drink some whiskey with honey mixed in. I mean, not for cold, but growing up, my... my parents don't drink but my mom always had a bottle of whiskey so like when we were teething or something like that just rub whiskey on your gums yeah um i've always heard stories of um an an alcohol called rock and rye that if you have a cold or a cough oh that stuff's good um, Apparently it's very strong and it has a very high alcohol volume that you just take a little sip of it and it's just going it to knock whatever you have out of you because it's so strong. It's it's thick. It's like drinking pancake syrup. Sounds lovely. And it there's actual fruit in the bottle. So it's like super sweet. Um, we would, uh, for a long time, our Christmas Eve tradition of watching movies we would get a bottle of rock and rye but uh as we have aged <laughs> mm -hmm. uh it's just a hangover waiting to happen because there's so much sugar in it um, yeah and it has so much alcohol in it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's good it's good like you 
it's one of those, and that's why it's dangerous too, is yeah. it's one of those ones that you don't taste how much alcohol is in it. There's a lot of alcohol in there and it tastes like it's a little alcohol and then you're face down on the floor groaning. Those are always the dangerous ones is like that have the high alcohol content, but you can't taste it. Oh man, when I was so in like my early 20s, I like, I don't want to say worked because I didn't get paid, but I did a bunch of stuff with local bands. Like I would do photos. I would um, mm. like help with like promotional stuff. I'd run their merch tables and stuff like that. And there was this one um, venue down uh, in Maniunk, which is outside of Philadelphia. And they would they would make vodka cranberry and cosmopolitans that you did not taste the liquor. It tasted like fruit punch. And I don't know if you know. That's even worse for me, because if it tastes like fruit punch and you can't taste the alcohol, I'm I'm going to be gone. Uh, yeah, I made that mistake one time. I was like, this is so yummy. Oh, my God. Give me another one. I got smashed. And let's just say the photos from that concert weren't so good. Why are these blurrier than the other ones? You used to take good photos. What happened? It's like, oops, I um messed up a setting on my camera. Yeah, totally wasn't smashed. The funny thing is now, j just imagine that like we have a, a bunch of these drinks like pre-made or like a punch bowl with it. You need to just get you a cup full of it. And then I just walk into the room like, sorry, but I drank all you guys' fruit punch. You hope you got more. <laughs> uh, yeah, but at what point would you not be able to walk into the room? I mean, if I had just drank all of it and then I probably would have had a few seconds to walk in the room before it kicked in, I would think maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, we need this to happen. I mean, I've never been drunk, so I don't know how long it takes to kick in. Yeah, so. we need the, for this to happen. I need to witness this and videotape it. The closest that anyone has ever seen to that is me on the gummy, the sleep gummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a whole different world, my dude. Oh, it definitely feels like a whole other world to me. Well, I mean, the different... Oh, I know what you mean. The difference between the two. Ah, Lord... So this next and last remedy that we have here is uh, it has an interesting way of measuring it. And I'm, again, I'm going to help you with the pronunciation on this. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Take as much power powdered powered. This is how tonight's going. I see. Take as much powdered quinine as will stay on the blade of a knife. Add to water and drink. Quinine. I don't... And I actually... I'd, I've heard of quinine, but I didn't know what it was. It is a medication used to treat malaria and babesiosis. Yeah. Um, it kills the plasmodium falciparum parasite. So I'm not sure. It's your turn to mispronounce stuff. Well, yeah, I... I the medical terms always get me but like i don't understand how that would help a cold because this is targeting a parasite true unless whoever came up with this remedy had a parasite and thought it was a cold oh 
That could be. Because I imagine when these remedies came about, going to the doctor wasn't exactly a thing. Well, no, you would go to the the, the quote-unquote doctor. The quote-unquote doctor being someone like me with a lab coat. Uh, more, more likely just like the local herbalist or whatever, yeah. So just someone like me minus the lab coat, got it. Yeah, no lab coat would be involved. Mm, no lab coat, mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably like some sticks stuck in your hair, maybe you know, dirt everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like just just rub some dirt on it, you'll be fine. <laughs> Remind me to never get injured around you. I mean, the remedies I have might be weird, but the, they work. Rubbing dirt in it's gonna work. Yeah, you're probably fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Just trust me. It's fine. So these are just a few of the many remedies but I've, that Ranger found, but a word of warning. Some of these undoubtedly work, like the leaves of the the, the, the common plant that I couldn't pronounce, the boneset plant. Boneset, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to go with boneset, because boneset plant just doesn't quite sound right. It's been used for pain, fevers, and respiratory infections in ages past. But some of the remedies do not, like the remedy of drinking whiskey when you are snake bit. Yeah, um, I could see how that wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't feel it anymore, so it would feel like it cured it, but... You're still gonna die. Probably, yeah. As we just discussed, doctors were very hard to come by in rural Appalachia in the early 21st century, and so people had to make do with whatever, and as one person put... If it hit, it hit. If it missed, it missed. So, if anyone's looking up these remedies and wants to try some of them, do so at your own risk. Yeah, I feel like if it hit, it hit. If it missed, it missed is a really bad philosophy when talking about medicine. Because, um, yeah, if it missed, most likely it killed you. Okay, hear me out. Well, the worst thing crossed my mind. Like, well, if you're dead, you can't be sick. Go on. Yeah. I mean, if it missed, it's not really your problem anymore. Fair. Not saying that's the outcome you wanted, (laughs) but... Pretty sure it's not the outcome anybody wanted when they went to the doctor for that. Yeah. But look at the bright side. You're drunk and you won't have to worry about the snake bite anymore. Yay! Moving on. We're the worst, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One common, well-known folk way of planting crops by the signs, some almanacs still use this method in part when giving times to plant crops, as well as for things like cutting hair and proposing to your love and other things. In the Foxfire series, they go into this in detail. So, there's a certain time you should cut your hair? Apparently so. Well, shit. I've been doing it all wrong. We've been we've been cutting her hair wrong. I thought you just needed scissors. Same. Each day of the month is dominated dominated by one of the twelve signs of the zodiac. <laughs> That's our. I'm sorry. It just reminds me of the meme where the guy, uh, the person's mom, is like, "Watch out! I hear there's mercury in the Gatorade." <laughs> oh, that just brings to mind me the one of the the, the comic of just the person driving, and it's like. Oh no, just ran over someone in the crosswalk. I'm such an asparagus. <laughs> I I work with a guy who's very into astrology. 
and um, always is like explaining you know oh well this is going on and this is why things are like that and most of it goes right over my head the only horoscope that i actually read without fail is the one i get from liquid death Fair and enough. it's the horror scope <laughs> so, oh yeah that i kind of forgot about that oh my god they're hilarious absolutely hilarious so um, those are the only ones that I actually <laughs> read. So the 12 signs of the Zodiac each day has a sign associated with it, along with a symbol, body part, planet, and element the sign represents. Like Leo has the symbol of a lion. Its body parts are the heart and back. Its planet is the sun and its element is fire. The signs always appear in sequence, starting at Aries or the head and going down to Pisces or the feet. This I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I want to know what what part of the body am I? I'm a Virgo. You know, I've always heard Vir- Virgos are the the chaotic ones, and that that just that something's not right here. What do you mean, Virgos are anal retentive? Fair enough. This probably explains why I'm so full of shit. Abdomen, digestive system, and spleen. <laughs> okay, but you want to know something terrifying? What? I'm a Leo. I'm the heart in the back. Oh, you're a pain in my backside. And I'm probably going to give somebody a heart attack. Oh, my God. It all makes sense. <laughs> um, so, oh, this actually is interesting. Um, after all, a Virgo, a Virgo rules over the abdomen and digestive system, which is why they're often extra sensitive to the food they eat which I am. I have a very sensitive tummy. Virgos are famed for being organized, which is reflected in the self-care regimen they need to abide by in order to keep their body functioning well. Okay, that's a lie, because I have no self-care regimen. It's probably saying how you should be. Yeah, yeah. I I need to take better care of myself. It's probably the stars calling you out, being like, if you don't take care of you, someone will smack you. Now, this is interesting. I found another one that says Leo is the upper back and Cancer is the chest and heart. Huh. But I don't know, because then here's a different one where it says Cancer is the chest, Leo is the heart, and Virgo is the intestines. It's, it's one of those things where, like, stuff changes and, like, everyone, like, has their own interpretation of things and, like, I, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, Scorpio is the butt. So Sorry to all the Scorpios out there. The colon. So, yeah. each sign has certain qualities tied to them. So, dry days of the Zodiac, such as Leo or Aries, are good for painting. And wet days of the Zodiac, such as Cancer or Virgo, are good for some types of planting. Never transplant in the heart or head, as both of these signs are death signs. What? What? Never transplant in the heart or the head. Why? I know they're death signs, but why? You, you would think the heart would be a good thing. At, at least the heart would be a good thing. Yeah. Apparently not. Yeah. Like that gives you that gives you life, as do your lungs. But see here, you're supposed to plant flowers in Libra, which is an airy sign that also represents beauty. Okay, that makes sense for like you know flowers are pretty and mm-hmm. need air. But I'm still confused by the heart and head being death signs. I guess probably because 
with some of the more murdery stories we talked about, typically if you remove the heart or the head, it's probably not going to go well. Fair. But I mean, you could also just like slice uh, the artery in your thigh. You know what I mean? And they bleed out in seconds. True. Like, you have a point. Yeah. Well, and heart transplants are a thing, so. I guess you shouldn't do a heart transplant in a certain time of year. Fair enough. We're learning things today. Look at us go. So many people are probably listening like just, oh, God, please <laughs> stop. I can feel our entire audience pinching that spot over their nose between their eyes. <laughs> I should talk to Paul about this and be like, I learned things. And he'll be like, oh, God, I learned when not to cut my hair. <laughs> Which is apparently if you cut your hair in Libra, Sagittarius, Aquarius, or Pisces, it will grow back stronger, thicker, and more beautiful. Good to know. And you're supposed to make sure to bake and cook in Aries, go hunting in Taurus, and lay foundations in Capricorn. Hmm. Try explaining going hunting in Taurus. If that's not hunting season, try explaining that to, to the uh, fish and game service. Well, I mean, all you got to do. There's an easy way that you can do that year-round is by purchasing a Ford Taurus and then just do your hunting from the car. So it's like, uh, the moon's not in the right spot, but I'm in a Taurus. It's my turn to facepalm. <laughs> You're welcome. I think that's a first. Mo made me facepalm. <laughs> I wasn't ready. And I'm, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, like, it's a good joke. I, I think I'm more mad that I didn't think of it. <laughs> See, this is, this is how, so you are just, like, you're, you're just constantly like that. You're just constantly mm -hmm. like this. I pick and choose, and it comes out of nowhere. And then your brain short circuits because you're not used mm -hmm. to it. And that's how I win. But you want to know how I can win? So you, you're supposed to cut your hair in Libra, Sagittarius, Aquarius, or Pisces. I'm going to go to the local aquarium and cut my hair in the middle of the aquarium. And they're going to be like, what are you doing? I'm like, you're supposed to cut your hair in aquarium. Yeah, but would anybody even like you have no hair. You keep your hair so short. True. So, like, how are you going to cut your hair at the aquarium when there's nothing to cut? Let it grow out and let you cut it short again. And it's like, sir, you can't cut your hair in here. It's like, sorry, it's it's to make it grow back stronger, thicker, and more beautiful. You have to cut your hair when it's in, like, Libra, Sagittarius, Pisces, or aquarium. Aquarium. <laughs> or in the aquarium. <laughs> oh, Lord. Actually, speaking of hair, um, I've been growing mine out for a while now, which I'm sure you know. Um, but... Mm -hmm. Is really getting long. It's like um, almost down to the small of my back. You're just gonna keep going, see how long it can go. We'll see. But um, I also realized that that's not really that long, considering I'm short. But you know, fair. <laughs> I watched this girl on YouTube. Um, she, I I don't know if she's Irish, but she does a lot of like Irish music on her videos, and she has red like. I think she's she said her hair's like three feet long mm -hmm. and she does like braids. So she she'll do like these traditional, I, I would say like European folklore style hairstyles 
a lot. Um, where she I almost like some of this stuff looks like from it's from Game of Thrones, and she does a lot of stuff like like fairy looks, where she'll like wear little fairy wings and stuff like that. But yeah, her hair is three feet long, and I'm I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, if my hair was three feet long, it would go down to my knees. I mean, you could do that, and then just like think of all the things you can do. Like you can just braid it in different ways. Like so many options now. Yeah, except I'd probably just wear it in a messy bun. That's fair. Or you can, you know, pull part of it in front of your face and you you got, like... Cousin it. Cousin it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> when I was a kid, I could sit on my hair when I was a kid. And my brother used to call me Cousin It. That's fair. That's what brothers do. So if you want to look more into when to cut your hair or when to plant your flowers and stuff... The Falmers... The Falmers? What? No, no, no. This is fine. This is fine. Okay. The Farmer's Almanac... Is what you wanna is what you wanna look at. I don't know who Falmer is, but I don't know what kind of stuff he writes. But the Farmer's Almanac is where you will find all of that. The Falmanac. There we go. The Falmanac. Oh God. The Folgers Almanac. Oh God. No, that's just like how to brew your coffee. This next one, I think you'll like the title of Coal Miner Stories and uh, excuse me, Coal Miner Stories of the Tommy Knockers. The Tommy Knockers. Uh, that could either be really dirty <laughs> mm-hmm. or <laughs> really scary. Why not both? Uh... So the Tommy Knockers are an interesting phenomenon. They originate in the British Isles, specifically in Wales and Cornwall. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary states that Tommy Knockers are the ghosts of men killed in a mine. Some folk think of them more like small, diminutive miners themselves, with Tommy Knockers described as a little person, two feet tall, with a big head, long arms, wrinkled face, and white whiskers. It wears a tiny version of standard miner's garb. It also commits random mischief, such as stealing miners' unattended tools and food. And people have taken to calling it the Cornish cousin of the leprechaun. So, I'm just gonna take a moment to say... The description is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Big head, long arms, wrinkled face, and white whiskers. Mm-hmm. In miners' clothes, and it will steal your stuff. Well, that's that's whatever. Like, okay, mm-hmm. mischief, steal my stuff, or whatever. Big head and long arms. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing basically a leprechaun, but well, no, not really leprechaun. Like a leprechaun height, but a gnome without the pointy hat. It's just wearing like miner's garb, and its arms are about as long as it is. So it just kind of drags them on the ground behind it. Yeah, like leprechauns are just smaller people. Like they have the same proportions. But the the big head, like I'm imagining, like this two foot tall thing, and like half of it is a head, and then half of it is arms. And then there's, like, feet in there somewhere. Imagine a caricature of a miner with just really long arms dragging them on the ground through a mine. I don't wanna. And I see I have some more interesting names I'll be pronouncing here in a moment. Oh, no. So apparently, it is also associated with English and Scottish brownies, the Irish cluricon, and the Kentish cloaker. 
All of this sounds like a really weird Dr. Seuss book. Well, I was going to say, no one will be surprised at this, but when you said English and Scottish brownies, I thought we were talking about the food. That's understandable. Yeah, and I'm like, brownies? I was like, oh. But you may be wondering where the name Tommy Knockers comes from. It comes from the knocking sound that they make right before a tunnel collapses, which is actually the creaking of the earth and the stone and timbers are about to give way. Uh, okay, that explains the knockers, but where does the Tommy come from? Is that their name? Are they all named Tommy? Is this where Tom came from? Do they like potatoes? Maybe we'll get into I mean, they do steal food. But it has to specifically be to potatoes. Fair enough. Maybe we'll see where the name Tommy comes from in a moment, maybe. Okay. But that's also a horrifying thing, regardless of whether it's a small creature in a mine or what it actually is. But can you imagine being in a tunnel and just hearing the earth moving? Nope, which is why I'm not a miner. Like, just imagine, you're just down there, just, you know, you might be having your lunch or something, taking a little break or mining or whatever. And you just hear the timber support start creaking. Nope, 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 nope. Nobody, nope, nope. I thought that's the most horrifying thing, and it's it's a real thing. Yep, nope, I'm good. It's like, that shouldn't be moving. I'm good, I'm good. Nope. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nope, nope. Nobody, nope. Nope, nope, nope. To some people, these spirits are viewed as malevolent spirits, and the knocking sound is them hitting the timber braces with little hammers, forcing the collapse. That's terrifying. Others think that these spirits are just tricksters and they're not evil. And the knocking is actually a warning to the miners telling them which supports are about to go, hoping to stop a catastrophe before it happens. I like that better. Same. In Cornish folklore, to give thanks for this warning, the miners would throw their last bite of their pa uh, pastries, uh, little pockets of baked bread with cheese and meat, or some combination of things stuffed inside into the mine for the knockers. But no potatoes. You gotta throw your potatoes in there for the for the knockers. You gotta keep Tommy happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or he'll break the timbers of the mine and cause a collapse. You know, that sounds accurate. <laughs> Going back to the idea that the knockers were spirits of miners who died in the mines, there was the belief that a man who died in the mines would hover around the area he died until he was buried in sacred ground. And it showed as any miner who was assigned to that area would not go down again until the man who was killed and buried and the funeral was over. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're just like, I'm, I'm not going back down there, not till after the funeral. I'm not going down there. Yeah, I, I really don't want to see the spirit of my dead colleague. Yeah. Especially not in a dark tunnel. Yeah. A story written in the Bluefield Daily Telegraph had a 1936 story about an incident from 30 years prior that occurred in the Pocahontas minefield. The spirit of a man killed in a mine explosion came to a mine foreman to tell him that they had buried the wrong body under his name. What? I don't know how I'd react to that. I think after I pooped my pants, I, I would uh, start scrambling. <laughs> Apparently, the spirit directed the foreman to a spot far from the drift mouth where, quote, by a little digging, you will find my body. Get it out and bury it in a cemetery. Huh. So this could go one of two ways. 
One of them is that this actually happened. The spirit came to him and was like, look, in the explosion, you got the wrong body, yada, yada. Or the mine foreman murdered somebody and in order to get rid of the body was like, hey, a ghost came to me and said I had the wrong body. Gotta bury this instead. You know, that is not what I thought you were going to say, but what you said makes more logical sense than the nonsense that I was about to say. (laughs) Well, now I got to hear the nonsense that you were about to say. I thought you were going to be like, you know, that's a good way that someone could have covered up a murder. You know, they just cover themselves in like a glowing, like light, white colored paint or light blue or, you know, just some kind of glowy paint and then just show up pretending to be a ghost like in (laughs) Scooby-Doo, just like the body was buried over here. (laughs) I went Scooby-Doo with it. You went, like, actual, that makes sense. What's hilarious is both of us go to murder. <laughs> yeah, both of us went to a murderer. Just how they, who was the murderer was entirely different. <laughs> so basically, you should write for Scooby-Doo and I should write for Criminal Minds. <laughs> Honestly, that's accurate. <laughs> Tell us about your show. Well, my co-host is the embodiment of Scooby-Doo. And I am the embodiment of Criminal Minds. Thank you. Yeah, that checks out. That's that's the that's the new description for the show. Where Scooby-Doo and Criminal Minds meet. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I watched through that, like, I, I like marathon Criminal Minds every couple of years. It's about time to do it again. Bobo has introduced me to it, and uh, we're currently in the middle of uh, watching it. We've recently started season two. Ooh. Hope you like it. There's actually um, a lot of the stories that, like, the big prolific serial killers and stuff, like, not, some of those smaller stories and stuff, not so much, um, are used as inspiration for that show. Interesting. Actually, my next story was the um, inspiration for one of my favorite episodes. I'm not going to tell you about it because it'll ruin the story but um it, it's one of them and actually uh the criminal minds wiki has a lot of stuff on actual serial killers not not deep information but they have a lot of like facts and stuff that were used to um inspire certain um aspects of the show mm-hmm. and um kind of kind of related kind of unrelated but um hannibal from Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs was actually inspired by a real, real killer. I remember seeing that something about that. I don't remember the killer's name, but I do remember that. Yeah, I forget his name, but he was a psychiatrist and messed up. Well, speaking of inspiration for horror movies, I discovered something that was hilarious, and I was like, I've got to look this up and see if there's a story on this. If not, it's a blog post, but I have to bring this to your attention. Supposedly, the Hills Have Eyes movie is based off of a murderous family clan who used to ambush people and kidnap them, murder them, and eat them. Really? This this family was called the Bean Clan. Not, but that that's what I call my my little kitty. That's my little Bean Bean. He's not he's not part of the Bean Clan. Yeah. Yeah. This is a different Bean Clan. We'll go yeah. with that. Wedge could never. Wedge uh, could poor, never. So Biggs had to go to the vet today for his post-op checkup. Um, I can't remember if I mentioned it on the show. Don't worry, guys. Mm-hmm. They just had to have some dental work. 
<laughs> but it is technically a post-op checkup. So Biggs had to go today and Wedge has to go on Thursday. They will be very angry. Well, Biggs is doing all right. Um, like his his mouth is healing really well because they both had to have some teeth removed. Um, and uh, Biggs like came home, ran out of the carrier, pested to eat, and then passed out. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Meanwhile, Wedge is going to be a lot, a lot different. Yeah. It'd be fine though. But with the uh the whole ghost story and the the foreman here, uh the only name mentioned was Dan Frazier, a quote, well known mining executive who could no doubt shed some further light on this highly interesting narrative. Like so was he involved? I'm guessing Dan Frazier was the mining foreman. Oh, okay. That the ghost came to okay because i'm just like okay the only name mentioned was dan frazier but was was he the was he the foreman was, it, was, it, oh. was he the murderer is he the guy who died is is he involved does he know anything i mean i assume he knows things since like uh, with the quote that comes after a well-known mining executive i'm guessing that's who they're referring to is dan frazier and this isn't someone else Ah, uh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right, all right, all right, all right. So then we'll be moving on to a little smaller section here. Um, we'll be talking about Haints. I've heard that name before, but it took me a while to remember. Like it's it's technically just a ghost, but it's just a different kind of ghost. Mm. That makes sense. They're built different. It's ghosts that are built different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good to know. The people of Appalachia are very familiar with the concept of ghosts. Haints or ghosts, I guess that's kind of one and the same. It's just a different word for it. Are plentiful in the dark hollers and misty roads of Appalachia. The Greenbrier ghost, the only ghost to give testimony in a court of law, is from West Virginia. Wait, what? A ghost has given testimony in a court of law? Yeah, that's news to me. I need to I need to learn more about this. Yes, you do. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. The other ghost that you will have heard of, the Bell Witch, that also calls Appalachia home. I know the Bell Witch. So it's no wonder the belief in these beings runs deep in the bones of this area. Ranger has selected two. One is true, and the other is up to us to decide. Crap. First, we have <laughs> the ghost hobo. Okay. There used to be a railway between Judson and Bryson City, North Carolina. Judson was a small community of about 600 people, and it went to a watery grave in 1944 when the Fontana Dam was completely was completed and the lake began to fill. Bryson City still exists, and the train made two trips a day, hauling pa both passengers and freight, and the railroad had brought a better life to people who lived in isolation and poverty. So people still waved as the train roared by, and the new train conductor, Charles, always greeted them with a quick whistle from the train, not from him. He didn't stick his head out and whistle at them. <laughs> I just see him, like... Just leaning his head out as they fly by. 
when he took over the job from uh, okay that's that's a last name that threw me off for a minute when he took over the job from Jack Ledbetter <laughs> that sounds like you're you're misspelling bedwetter but all right <laughs> He was required to make a week's runs under Jack's watchful eye. On the second day of his training, a misty rain had made the track slick, and this meant that Charles had to drive slower and had the headlight on. About ten minutes outside of Bryson City, Charles saw a tall man in overalls standing on the edge of the tracks who seemed ready to jump on the train. Charles blew the whistle, and Jack broke out into a very hearty belly laugh. Charles gave him a look, and Ledbetter just smiled, but neither of them attempted to talk over the roar of the train engine. When they pulled into the Southern Depot in Judson, Charles asked for an explanation. Dra Jack grinned like a man with infinite wisdom tolerating the uninformed. Basically, like you do with me. I, I mean, I, I mean, you're not wrong. You're, you're 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 not you're not wrong. I was just I was trying to see if I could be nice about it, and then I was like, I mean, sometimes you have to choose between being nice and being truthful, and you know. Bro, you concerned about being nice when you just mentioned that in front of me in a conversation you called me herpes. No, I said you were like herpes. And it's kind of the same thing. No, it's not. I, I I was I was I was reflecting on the permanence of you. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> and you know I love you. And see, this is why you can just say whatever you want. It's like I understand. <laughs> Fair. 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 But Charles asked about the incident on the tracks and Jack was just he he was just smiling and he said I'll bet my last chew of tobacco that you saw a man about to hop the train and you blew the whistle. Yeah, what's so funny about that? Charles asked. Son, you saw a ghost. He's been there for a couple years. At first, I was seeing a reflection of the light on the bushes or something. But when I saw him on a clear day, I was plain bum-fuzzled. I gotta add that word to my vocabulary. Mm-hmm, same. I asked around in some of the hands and passengers that have seen him, Common sense told me no man's going to be there as many times as I've seen him. I don't cotton the notion of ghosts, but this has made a believer out of me. That's now, another Charles one. I mean, don't cotton the notion. <laughs> I got to add mm -hmm. that, too. All right. Sorry. Now, Charles knew and respected Jack and knew he wasn't one for joshing or pulling a fast one. So he asked, do you know who it could be? Did anyone get killed trying to hop the train there? Jack frowned and shook his head. I don't think so. A couple of drunks have gotten killed, but that was on the trestle. If anyone died there, they didn't blame the railroad. Have you ever stopped when you've seen him? Nah, Jack said, scratching his face. I have slowed way down many a time, and he's always gone in a flash, just like today. Well, I'm thankful I saw him while you were on the job. If there's a ghost on that run, he ain't hurt you, so it stands to reason he won't hurt me. But if you hadn't told me what you think it might have... Words... It doesn't help that, it, that the words are written, I can hear the accent in my head. <laughs> but if you hadn't told me what you think, it might have preyed on my mind and caused me to wreck the train. I'm obliged to you, Jack. Jack nodded and moved to grab his lunch, but stopped and look over, looked over at Charles. 
I ain't talked this around the bosses. Charles nodded. I get your drift. Jag had been telling the truth. The man was there more often times than not, rain or shine. Crew members and passengers alike have reported seeing him. And by the end of Charles' second year on the run, he had dubbed the ghost as the hobo because he was still hoping for an explanation for the man that he saw. As bitter as a pill it was for him to swallow, Charles couldn't find anything to explain the hobo except that he was a ghost. He talked to a lot of people who firmly believed in ghosts, and their theory was that the ghosts were spirits of people who had once lived. That being the case, Charles reasoned that this hobo had a name when he was alive. So, he started his research. And according to ghost believers and a couple of books that Charles had gotten a hold of at the local library, ghosts were apt to stay around the place that they had taken their last breath. So the next step in his mind was to try to find if someone had died at that spot on the tracks. All he had to, do, to go on was that Jack had said that if, if anyone ever did die there, they didn't blame the railroad. So Charles asked around among the crew members and he got his first clue. Edith Smiley was a regular passenger and lived about a mile from the hobo's haunt, and if anyone knew, it would be her. So Charles tracked her down and asked her if anyone had been killed there. Well, they found three dead bodies around there in the last few years. Two were the Gibby boys. They were drunk as skunks and got ran over by the trestle. About a year after that, another man was found dead on the tracks, but he was somebody who hadn't lived here very long, so we never got the straight of it. Do you know who found him? asked Charles. No, but whoever it was called the Swain County Sheriff. It hadn't occurred to Charles to go to the sheriff. Around these parts, people buried their own. Joshua Height, I'm guessing that's how that's pronounced, had been sheriff for about 10 years, and Charles knew him well. When he showed up at the sheriff's office, he greeted Joshua, and they got to business. I'm here to inquire about a man who was found dead on the railroad tracks between here and Judson some time ago. I've been told you were called. What can you tell me? Yeah, I was called. Jeb Riley found him. He was stretched face down between the rails. The train had run over him, but he wasn't mangled. Jeb knows most everybody in the county, but he didn't recognize him, so he sent for me. I called, you're going to love this, I called Doc Bacon <laughs> and a couple deputies, and we rode over there to take a look. Joshua went on to tell Charles that there were no signs of injury, even when the deputies turned him onto his back. His eyes were wide open. Yeah. Those eyes were the weirdest sets of eyes I had ever seen, Joshua said, shaking his head. One was blue, and the other was jet black. Oh, wow. Doc Bacon cocked his head to the side and said, Looks like Jimson weed poison killed him. Let's get him off the track so you can look in his pockets and see if there's anything to tell us who he is. So we moved him off the tracks, and I went through his pockets, but the only clue to who he might be was a letter in the bib pocket of his coveralls. It was addressed to Luthier Evans, Route 3, Pikeville, Tennessee. The sender turned out to be Rena Campbell, and knew she lived within a mile. So I sent the deputies to go get her. As Joshua talked, Charles recalled hearing a man had been poisoned to death, but he didn't recall hearing that he had been found on the tracks. Did he turn out to be Luthier Evans? Yeah, Joshua said. Rena identified him. He'd come over from Pikeville the previous summer to stay with an aunt and uncle while he looked for work. They live up the hill from Rena. I've, re I've read the letter and told Rena what I had, so she might as well come clean about her and Evans. Rena is a hard-up grass window. 
A woman whose husband is away for long periods of time or a discarded mistress. Both came up when Ranger looked, looked up um, what a hard-up glass window is. Krakow. Widow. Why did I say window? <laughs> I don't know, but you said it twice. I'm rolling with it. Hard-up glass window. My brain really put an N in there. supposed to be widow. Fair enough. This is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Moving on. While Evans was here looking for work last summer, he and Rena got together. For some reason, he went back to Pikeville, and Rena had written to him to come back because she missed him. He'd been back for about a month before we found him dead. Rena found out he'd been riding the train down to Judson to see another woman, and she raised hell. Oh, wow. Doc determined that he was poisoned with Jimson weed. It was in his blood, but had also been put in one eye, which is why it was black. <laughs> Charles was astonished. You mean Jimson weed makes your eyes turn black? Never heard that. Yeah, it does, but only temporarily. How long it lasts depends on how much has been put into the eye. Neither Doc or I thought he put the weed in his eye or took enough of the stuff to kill him. Rena's tale was that he made tea and smoked Jimson weed leaves because he liked the way it made him feel. Doc said it produces hallucinations. We picked a good day to record. Doc said it produces hallucinations, and in Evan's case, he died from a heart attack. Rena admitted that she was jealous, but denied that she had poisoned him. I poked around, but came up dry. His uncle buried him in the family plot next to his house. What's your interest in this? Charles summarized why he had inquired. Brave man considering this is the 1940s and people got locked up in asylums for less. True. To his relief, Joshua did not laugh, so he concluded his summary by asking, Have you ever seen this ghost or heard this ghost tale? No, I've never seen him, but I've heard about the railroad ghost plenty of times. I thought it was just another tale. Don't be hesitant about telling folks you've seen him, because half the people in this county see ghosts and love to talk about it. Charles thanked Joshua and went straight to Jack Ledbetter's house to tell him the news. Jack listened with an amused grin until Charles finished. Well, son, you put a name to the ghost. That solves the mystery of who he is, but do you think he'll go away now? Charles shook his head. I doubt it, but I'll not be seeing him much longer. Word's out that they're going to start filling Fontana Dam next year, and that means the train run between Bryson and Judson will end when the tracks go underwater. Maybe he'll stop trying to hop the train. That's crazy. Does that mean that his ghost is going to be a swimming now, like underwater? Why you gotta do this to me? Because now it's just like, are there stories of underwater ghosts? Are underwater ghosts even a thing? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just love in the background, you just hear Bubba go, uh-huh. We gotta leave that in. <laughs> just just the, the disembodied voice, just, uh-huh. That was the ghost. <laughs> the, the, the truth comes out, Bobo isn't real. It's just a ghost. Fair enough. Well, can you imagine? You know what I should have done? I should have messed with you and been like, Bobo didn't say anything. What are you talking about? I didn't hear anything. Except that it's her voice. Like, I recognize Bobo's voice. Yeah, but what if I just said she's not even in the room? I'm hanging up. There it is. 
All right, guys, so we have been trucking through this, but there is a lot more to go. So we are going to have a two-part episode, guys. So like we said earlier, we are going to be releasing every other week. So if you check back for part two, we are going to finish going over more tales in Appalachia, including some more ghost stories, maybe some cryptids. Eh? Eh? Who knows? There, there's a lot of things in Appalachia from like the different stories that I've seen. The one thing that isn't there, Cracko. Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for telling the story so far, and thank you so much to Ranger for researching this. Uh, I have learned a lot already, and we're not even finished. We're but... just halfway through. We have so much more to go. Oh, we're halfway there. Oh, Lincoln in a chair. Okay, that's not where I was expecting that to go, but all right. I either use Lincoln in a chair or Lemon in a pear. Why not both? Lemon in a chair. Lincoln in a pear. Lincoln with a bear. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode as well as the rest of the show if you check out any others. But we will see you next time. Crackle. Hey, bye. As always, make sure to check out our website for all of the show notes, sources, and more information at thesquonkandthehag.com. And we would also love and appreciate your support by either leaving a review on iTunes or through small monthly donations using the viewer support link in the description. And if you don't subscribe, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast network to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. All right, Krakow, you ready? Okay, bye.